Welcome to See a Therapist, where we're interviewing therapists, coaches, helpers, and healers to get to the heart of the meaningful work they're doing. I'm your host, Jesse Kaufman. Well, today on See a Therapist, I am thrilled to welcome Darren Moore, a health and wellness coach in California. Darren, can you introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, Jesse. Uh, my name's Darren Moore, and yes, I am the owner of Between the Ears Health and Wellness Coaching where it's my mission to help people transform and thrive. I am a Well Coaches and American College of Lifestyle Medicine certified health and wellness coach. I'm also a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer. Longtime resident of the San Francisco Bay Area, although I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I am a veteran of the U.S. Air Force, which is how I got to the Bay Area. And my career has been in, believe it or not, electronics technology, but my passion has always been in health and well-being and helping people. So I have never engaged with a health and wellness coach. Can you, for people who have never uh, done health and wellness coaching, but they feel curious about it and just like don't know what it is, can you talk to us a little bit about what, it, what, yeah. uh, what happens when someone engages with a health and wellness coach? Yeah, you know... The health and wellness coaching industry is a relatively new industry. So I've been around for a long time. And when I first embarked on my journey of fitness back in the 80s, there was no such thing as health and wellness coaching. So not, it's not uncommon for people to say, well, what, what, does health and, what, the, what does health and wellness coaching entail? So primarily, health and wellness coaching is a partnership with the client. It's a partnership in a thought-provoking, creative exploration around what a person envisions their life to be and, and helping a person, you know, connect the dots between who they are today and who they envision themselves to be. So it's very, um, people sometimes tend to, akin it to therapy and it's not therapy. However, the transformation that happens in this relational environment, which is similar to therapy, that is, uh, that's a similar thing, but, but a coaching process, um, is a little bit more, is a little different. You know, uh, people who come to health and wellness coaching, um, have the capacity, the, the strength inside to want to make some changes in their lives. Uh, and they really know deep down inside that they can, uh, but they just need some guidance to kind of help get through and make a way for themselves. Thanks for that. So, um, so there, I'm imagining there's some uh, education related to it, some educational aspects, maybe some accountability, like what it looks like is someone is partnering with you to articulate and achieve your health and wellness goals? Yes, yes. So um, t people would tend to want to seek out a health and wellness coach, or, or what I should say is the value in uh, having a health and wellness coach is someone that helps give you clarity, helps you together you know, create a path, right, um, for moving forward. Someone to challenge you to dig deep 
Um, one of the tenets of coaching is we, we honor that our clients, they know their lives, they know themselves. And sometimes in that relational environment where we're one-on-one, people need to be, sometimes feel like they're in a space where they can feel comfortable and open and honest to dig deep to what's, what's really important to them. And to have someone, a coach is there to put up a mirror, to be a sounding board for uh, exploration around hopes and dreams and challenges, realistic challenges that exist in our lives. But a coach is also there to help engage with the client, you know, creative possibilities to getting past life's challenges, getting past the limiting beliefs that sometimes hold us back from reaching our potential to being the best versions of who we want to be. Yeah. It's very, it's a, mm. it's a very fascinating uh, experience when you're, when you're together with people co-creating, you know, uh, a, a positive pathway forward. That sounds like a rich, that sounds like a really rich experience, a, a really meaningful experience for people to, to have that partnership, to have someone walking with them. Um, but also, I mean, even, even the, the beginning stages of that, to, to be exploring, exploring what it might mean to, you know, to dream, to see what the dream is, to, to plan, right. And to start mm-hmm. working toward that dream. Yeah. That's, exactly. that's that, uh, sounds really beautiful. Yeah. So what, um, <clears throat> There are all kinds of people in the world, and all kind of people, all kinds of people need help. <laughs> what, um, what are you know in terms of the clients that you primarily work with? You know, who is that person that that you really enjoy working with? I tend to work more with, I would say, middle-aged individuals. That seem to be more of my primary focus. When I say middle-aged, I'm talking you know, 30-something professional or non-professional up to prior to retirement. So right in that middle-aged group, kind of where I sit, (laughs) um, I find, um, although health and wellness coaching is available for all ages, uh, but I tend to focus, and at least the the clients that find me, are those when they've actually lived their lives a little bit, And as we all tend to do as we get older, life opens up things for us and and our perspectives change and how we, you know, you get to a certain part, a certain time in your life where you start to reevaluate. And so that's part of the reason why I tend to to focus on clients in those middle age years, because it just seems to happen during that time, a lot of us... um, have are in the middle of some kind of transformation. It's, you know, the other term of it is midlife crisis, although I wouldn't, <laughs> I would say that people find me because they're in crisis, but, uh, but yeah. So is there, um, what is it about that age or about that aspect of the life journey, right? Um, that people might turn toward health and wellness coaching to seek something like what is it that they're looking for or what what is happening in their life that has them thinking hmm, this might be the time for some more help yeah you know we all as humans 
share a lot of what I not a lot what I call our basic universal needs. And when I say that, I'm referring to things. If you think about our universal need for rest, for love, for connection, for security, those things, right? And as we grow and develop, and in those capacities in all of us, it varies. Some people have more of a need in those areas than others, but we all have some basic needs, and we, and those are the things that propel us forward. Those are the things that, when we are walking in alignment with what our inner part of us, our what our needs are, we're relatively living a pretty satisfactory lifestyle. What happens is when we're not walking in alignment to what our deepest desires and what motivates us are, that tends to be uh, what will show up is feelings of dissatisfaction with our life and where we are right now. And that can start off as a whisper, but what it really comes, what really shows up and manifests itself in people when they're on that journey are those feelings of what are those negative emotions. So for example, when we're walking in alignment to what is our purpose and what speaks to us, we generally feel very positive. We have a positive outlook on life. You would say that that person has an overall positive sense of their well health and well-being. When they are not on that path in alignment with that, they are generally, we are visited with what I would call our negative emotions. So our emotions are messages. They're telling us whether or not our needs are being met or not. And so when people are walking in their, on their journey of life, and if they're dealing with negative emotions that are coming up, that's a sign that their needs, something's not happening. They're not in alignment. They're off. And that could then lead to people feeling a low sense of well-being. It could show up in um, because of behaviors that they're engaging in, which aren't in alignment to what they need in certain areas, um, that over time kind of contributes to people's people feeling, you know, dissatisfied, you know, with life. And so at some point people will say, wait a minute. And this is where the health and wellness coaching comes in and walking with people to create a path of where they want to be. At some point, uh, people may want to sit and say, you know, this isn't where I envision my life would be right now, you know, and they start to listen. And say, I, I feel like I'm not thriving. I feel like I'm just kind of getting through. I'm either surviving or I'm languishing. And why? Why is that? And so one would then, you know, could elicit the assistance of a health and wellness coach to say, you know, I want to make a change. I want to thrive. I want to to improve my overall well-being, and I want to live in a way that I thought I envisioned myself and what that looks like, right? And so then what happens is when working with a coach, one of the first things we kind of do is we come up with the vision of who, who are you? What, what describe or think about who it is you want to be and what life promoting, you know, health promoting, life-generating behaviors that you want to be doing consistently. So we start that dialogue, and that ties into um, 
gets people to think a little bit about, oh, wow, I want, I want to be living this way. I want to show up this way. This is how I envision myself, and I need to look at what I'm doing uh, that can help me move into that, into that path. I, what I hear you saying is like there, there's, uh, it might show up as like this little whispery nudge out of feeling out of alignment, just like what something's, something's not quite right. And the, and the longer that that is maybe not examined or addressed, it can become a more substantial, significant mm. impediment or challenge in life. Um, absolutely. Why do you think people end up out of alignment? Like what, what is it about life and it could be their lives specifically, or we could get, you know, <laughs> philosophical with the bigger, bigger systems and pictures. But like what leads to people kind of be, finding themselves out of alignment? I don't think, you know, generally, I don't think people necessarily, this is my perspective, I don't think people necessarily choose to be out of alignment, but yeah. they often just kind of like find themselves there. Right. What do you, what do you think it is about life or, um, culture that, 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 um, that people find themselves in that situation? Yeah, I think in in our society, a lot of our motivations are driven very externally, right? It's about how we are perceived. It's about we, we tend to, our behaviors are tend to be driven from external motivation, external motivations, the rewards that we are seeking are always tend to be more external, more extrinsic. And I think that's the source of a lot of it is too much external trying to fit in, trying to be perfect, trying to do, be all and do all for everyone else. I know especially my, my female clients suffer with that a lot, being mothers and women. They're, the narrative, if you look, is always you can do it all, be all. That's very external, external, external. And that's very exhausting and tiring. <laughs> and that's part of those whispers because what happens is over time, emotions such as being resentful, uh, uh, hurtful, you know, those kinds of things can show up when you're constantly behaving in ways to get an external reward or you're doing something because you are doing it for external motivation. In the long run, that's not a recipe for living in alignment of who you are because you're doing and behaving in a way for others, not for you. And part of what health and wellness coaching promotes and what I promote my clients is to shift that mindset to be more internally focused around why are you doing what you do? Is it because you, know, because you want to do it? What do you like to do? What do you want to do? Getting them to get in touch with that. And also another one is that switching for more, for, to a more intrinsic reward, meaning I'm doing this behavior or I'm doing something because it feels good to me and that it's okay. And we must fill up our cups first. We must be whole to shift them to think that way so that we can then be of service to others. I think our culture is designed to just give, give, give and not slow down and make sure our own cup, our own body, our temple is full and complete as, it, as best it can so that we can then give. It's about 
always external, external, external motivations and external uh, extrinsic rewards. Hmm. So I was, uh, Darren, in preparation to talk with you, I was looking at your website and you, um, you mentioned the natural impulse to be well. Can you, can you talk about what that is? What, like, um, yeah. What, what is the natural yeah. impulse to be well? That was new to me. Yeah. Well, it was hard to kind of craft that, but what I was, what I'm saying there is kind of, kind of similar to how I was responding to you earlier around our own, our basic universal needs. So that's the key here. And it's very hard to sometimes articulate that because I don't, with, with people inquiring about that, I, I try not to get too clinical speak, <laughs> but it goes back to what I mentioned before around as humans, to be human, we all share basic universal needs, right? And when those, and, and we have the need, for example, for rest, for love, for exercise, for food, for safety, for shelter. These are just examples of some basic universal needs that we all share. And there's others, there's a plethora of others, right? And of course, within each of us humans, the degree to how much those needs need to be uh, attained and, and maintained, it varies. Because my need, one person's need, how much love a person needs, I mean, it's, it's very um, subjective because it's, it's individual, right? And so, but... Just speaking from the standpoint of health and well-being, fitness and, and, and health, our body, um, we, in order to, or I should say, when we are humans, are fulfilling our needs, right? Meaning we are getting the love that we need, the connection that we need. When we're in environments, whether it's work or in our, 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 our personal lives, we're feeling respected. Uh, when we have, we feel safe. When these things are, we, we're getting these needs, then again, it, it shows up in a, for, for a positive well-being, a positive sense of well-being. And that's what we strive for. I mean, as humans, that's the motivators for what we do, right? We go to work because we have a need for security. And, and so we work to make money so that we can have shelter and food. If we didn't have that, then that would be a problem. That would show up and manifest itself in uh, a, a lower well-being, negative, because you're worried about your safety, your food. That's what drives us. These needs that we all share drives our behaviors. And so when they're not being met, our emotions will let us know that. And so... Because we have basic universal needs around in the context of, of health and well-being, um, uh, if we're not getting those needs met, they will show up and we and they will show up in negative emotions. And those emotions will then drive the behaviors, which can be behaviors that are no longer serving us anymore. And that is what tends to drive people to ultimately want to make a change because it's kind of like a domino effect of how that impacts us. But yeah, it's, it's very fascinating. Uh, the concept around, you know, our, our need to be well, because it is, uh, uh, everyone wants to thrive. Everyone wants to, 
lean on, you know, have an overall positive outlook on life. Now, that's not to say that uh, challenges uh, won't occur. I mean, to be human, we're going to have challenges. Uh, life is constantly unfolding and changing, but we generally want to have meaning in our lives. And that meaning is also something that's a, a shared uh, universal need. And we want to have purpose. And again, we want to be feeling that, you know, we wake up in the morning, who wants to wake up and have a negative outlook on life and, and have uh, not feel, um, yeah, that they are, you know, showing up in the world the way they want to show up. So that at the end of the day, they, they have meaning and that they're feeling good about themselves and, and they are working together with others in a way that aligns with what their values are, which is, which again will speak to you in through your emotions. When you're walking in alignment to what your values are, it will show up as a more positive outlook on life. And that will then, uh, you know, others will see that in you and that impacts others uh, in your, in your environment, which is, um, which is also, you know, very important for people, you know, how they show up in their communities, whether it's, uh, their close family relationships, working relationships, things of that nature. Hmm. I really like how you explain that. Um, cause it feels very non-pathologizing. It feels very human, right? Like we as humans, want to be well, right? We as humans mm -hmm. want to do well. We want to be in relationship w with, with ourselves and others and feel loved. Right. And, and often people find themselves in these spaces where they feel like they are fundamentally wrong. And they, and they, <laughs> my, I, it's reminding me of a thing my mom would say, you're like hitting some sort of bump over and over again. You know, I'm not living right, but I, but I, I, um, I feel like the, or this is my perception is that a lot of people feel that maybe they might not say that out loud, but there's this kind of lower level feeling of I'm not living right in some way. I'm not doing right by my life, my job, my family, myself, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So this is, this is uh, wonderfully meaningful work you're doing. Can you, can you share a little bit about how you, you know, describe your journey into becoming a health and wellness coach. Yeah, it's very fascinating. It's very interesting. So because my journey in the health and wellness space started before health and wellness became a thing, <laughs> I'm old enough that it wasn't called health and wellness. So it started, it started in the eighties when my own journey of, of health and well-being just started like every others during that time, which was I wanted to lose weight. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I wanted to lose weight. And um, and so I myself, I love music and I love dancing. So I've always loved music and I love dancing. Well, lucky for me, I came along in the 80s doing the aerobics craze. So I have to uh, thank Miss Jane Fonda for that. She introduced <laughs> aerobic dance to the world in the 80s and I was there at the time um, and I thought wow that's very interesting I mean I love music I love dance hey um, and I wanted to lose weight <laughs> so um, and then at that time it was early days of cable so ESPN their programming during that days they got on that craze so I started following this gentleman named Galad 
So he was a little different. I liked him. I really did his classes because he incorporated strength training and aerobic dance. So it was a little bit of both. So I started doing that. Uh, and then I enjoyed it so much uh, that I just took up aerobic dance as my way of, of helping myself improve my, well, my, my health and well-being. Uh, in addition to, at that time, uh, I did what a lot of people did from the nutritional side. I just starved myself because back then, if you wanted to lose weight, you just the, the protocol was just don't eat. <laughs> so that was the beginning stages of it. I wish I had a healthy wellness coach back then because I didn't. I mean, it's like that's what you do. Just start moving around and starve yourself. <laughs> so fast forward, um, I eventually became an aerobics instructor, but that's another story because I loved aerobics so much, I became an aerobics instructor. Um, but I continued on my journey and started incorporating more strength training, right? And also during that time, uh, through my journey, I was so um, passionate just about fitness and stuff. Again, I, I wasn't thinking of it as well-being because that wasn't a coin phrase, it was just fitness back then, right? Uh, just being fit. Uh, so I embarked on my own uh, educational journey to start educating myself more about nutrition and its impact, learning more around proper protocols for weightlifting and cardiovascular health. So I myself started doing that and I started to then ultimately get certifications in those areas because I wanted to be a little bit more knowledgeable. Still, health and wellness coaching hadn't come into play because that wasn't a field yet. Health and wellness coaching as a field itself really only started to, to come about in about the last 20 years or so. So now we're talking the 90s, still wasn't, wasn't a field. However, I was coaching people, right? I, but I was more focused on coaching them cardiovascularly for cardiovascular health, for muscular skeletal health, and a little bit of meal coaching. Um, nutritional kind of assistance there. I'm not a, a registered dietitian, so I don't create actual meal plans, but I do a lot of meal coaching because I had training in that area. And so as that journey continued on uh, through the 90s and into the 20s, I myself realized that there was a piece missing in this puzzle that I, 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 that I knew that I had, I personally uncovered. I uncovered this before the research started coming out. And that was the emotional piece. It was how I thought about approaching. Remember I mentioned before that we tend to behave in ways, uh, our motivations tend to be driven externally. Well, unfortunately, when I embarked on my journey, it was externally motivated. I did it because I thought if I lost weight, I'd be loved and accepted because that's what media said. You need to be thin and all this stuff. So all of my behaviors I did at that time, even though they were beneficial for me, I was doing them strictly externally motivated. I thought I'd, find, I'd be in the perfect relationship because if I was thin and strong, I'd look like the thing in the magazines that, I, that my life would be great. No, it didn't happen. So I, our voice was like, uh, 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 that's <laughs> so also what contributed to my journey while all this was happening, and this is before even more research now has come out about personality types. What I did know then that I eventually learned that I am an extrovert. 
I am what the Meyer, Myers-Briggs personality tests say. I am an ESFJ, so I'm an ex, extroverted sensing. I'm a very highly sensitive person and I'm extroverted. And so it made, now I made, oh, that's why I like teaching aerobics and doing group fitness and all that because I love to help people. I'm a helper and I'm extroverted. I get energy around being people, right? I know this story is long, but <laughs> so that came into play when I realized, oh, that's why I'm so drawn to helping people and leading and, and I'm so sensitive, which is really an uh, important trait to have when you're working in the health and wellness coaching field. Because uh, people need to feel comfortable and safe that they can be open and honest with you. And I genuinely care about people's well-being. It just it fuels me to see people happy and thriving. So that came into play. My mindset around changing what was motivating me and my rewards shifted. I realized that I needed to put more emphasis on my emotional fitness plan. So that came into play. And then while all those things were converging, health and wellness coaching, the field of it came out. <laughs> now, I still stay very much plugged in thanks to technology and the Internet allowed me to stay plugged in. And then I realized that this new field called health and wellness coaching. Now, coaches like life coaches, they've been around for years, but health and wellness coaching is a specific modality and a mode of, of helping people. So when that came and curriculum was developed and, and psychologists and, 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 and very smart people <laughs> came up with and developed the health and wellness coaching role, I, it was a perfect fit. I was, I was acting in that role, but I just didn't have that title because you couldn't even get certified in that. But I had already been acting as a health and wellness coach all those years. So it was kind of a natural progression. And then my unique personality and my background, all that then converged into that. I was like, Oh yes, I am. I'm a healthy one. I'm more than just a personal trainer or the, this is my calling because it, it pulls in all the things that I've always felt that were important for one's health, overall health and well-being. There. It's more than just a person's nutritional health. It's more than just their muscular skeletal health. Uh, it's about what's between the ears. Hence the title of the name of my business. It's our, emotion, our emotional resilience. It's all of those things. It's helping people and looking at oneself and addressing oneself from a holistic standpoint, which that is completely different looking at the person and helping a person holistically and, and, and inspiring people to look at themselves holistically and not just, oh, one area of their life, I just need to lose weight or I just want to get strong. No, we want to look at all parts of us. How are we emotionally resilient? And uh, yeah, and so then Healthy Wellness Coaching, that, that was great. And I was able to, to, to live in my, my final dream. <laughs> I, um, thank you for sharing that, Darren. I, I appreciate that you, that you shared all of that because what, as I was listening to, I was hearing, um, you having your own journey and embarking on that journey at a time where the, the field was still like kind of coming together and not well-defined and formed. And, um, 
it's interesting that there were these aspects of your own journey where you where you were kind of following a hunch and developing this idea that emotions are coming into play and and um realizing that intrinsic part being of of real significant value um mm -hmm. what i imagine it makes a huge difference that you have had your own journey in health and wellness what how does that for you how does that inform the work that you do with clients mm. it does because my journey has event, eventually spoke to me and, and, and made clear to me that in order for me to live a high quality life, and because I ultimately valued that, I saw firsthand the value of prioritizing my health and wellness as it relates to or how it impacted my quality of life, because that's what we're really talking about here in health and well-being, a person's quality of life and what that looks like. And it's unique to all of us, but at the end of the day, tying back to uh, we all have a need for wellness, that really is quality of life. If you speak to anyone, that is the barometer, right? And so I've learned, to, I've learned the value of that and what how that what that brings to my life and how it improved my quality of life when I made my health and, and wellness well-being a priority. And so that speaks to people because one of the first questions that I ask or what I hear from people when they reach out to me and we're having a consultation, it really all boils down to that. They're not satisfied with their current quality of life and what the outlook for it is. It's not, you know, and for me to be able to, to share my journey and my story around how I bore witness to an improved quality of life when I made lifestyle choices, when I use what I consider is lifestyle medicine <laughs> as a way for preventing or improving that you know, resonates with people. You know, I, I will share with you that um, I have been fortunate enough. I was diagnosed with muscular sclerosis um, over 15 years ago. I haven't, um, I haven't had to go on medication. I've been able to manage that strictly with lifestyle choices and, and, uh, which I'm so grateful for. I'm not, now I'm not saying that that's true for everyone. <laughs> There's no absolutes, but I am absolutely, I have been, I have seen how I've been able to manage that through my focus on making my health and well-being a priority and, and making certain lifestyle changes in my life, dietary, movement, emotional, because it all impacts my well-being. Our bodies want to be and thrive or, or seek to be in what I call homeostasis. Our bodies are very powerful healing machines. And when you give the body what it needs to do it, it will try to, it will heal. And I'm not saying it will heal itself, but the body's very resilient <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you help it along. So um, I, I share that journey um, also with people, how, you know, the power of, of 
yeah, of improved well-being, how that can improve one's quality of life. It's just a, 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 a something to share with. Them. Mm-hmm. Well, th- there's this aspect of, of being honest about your own difficulty, struggle, adversity, the, the, the challenge that you, challenges that you've had to overcome yourself that, again, um, helps your clients know that this isn't just Darren who, you know, fell from heaven and things were easy and, you know, everything came naturally to him, but has, but has done his own work, right? Has had to dig deep in his own ways to, to manage, um, your own illnesses, having your own journey. Um, you, you mentioned earlier the weight loss journey. Um, but I, you know, I noticed that, that, uh, when I looked at some of your material, you said weight management. Can you talk a little bit about that difference, the difference between weight loss and weight management and, uh, how we, we, we're shifting, how we think about it these days? Absolutely. I, I know I, I use the word interchangeably, but for me, I, I like to, to encourage people uh, to look at <clears throat> weight loss more as weight management. I think our in our society with so much um, in the media just really pushes weight loss. What that really does, in my opinion, is get people focused too much short term. There's lots of strategies right now, or I would say diets that are out there that could um, can help people just lose weight, right? But the question is, can we ma- maintain and sustain what our ideal weight is long-term? And so I like to encourage people to look at, first of all, how not to diet. <laughs> so I'm about how not to diet. That's, and also, how can you achieve and maintain a healthy, ideal weight for you. That's the verbiage. Words are very powerful, and so I try to bring that language in my coaching, my coaching sessions around ideal weight. Because I don't want to be, I think there's enough information out there that's telling people weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, these to lose weight. And again, that gets people thinking very short-term and very uh, extreme, taking sometimes extreme measures. And I, I'm about supporting people to make long-term lifestyle changes that help them manage their weight, hit their ideal weight, and manage it and maintain it for the long-term. And if you're speaking long-term sustainable change, that's different than just weight loss. And so I try to stay away from, from just weight loss as, uh, as uh, uh, in our conversations a lot. Although it comes up, but it's not something that I push weight loss. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining the the people listening to this conversation, and I'm thinking about you know the people who are uh, find themselves struggling because they do not feel life is going the way they had hoped, and that they that when you talked about feeling misaligned, they were like, "Ooh, that's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling that way." And even maybe have tried some diets and and haven't really figured out how to do a fitness routine and. And know that their emotions are, you know, a part of it, but they haven't quite figured out how to bring all the pieces together. Um, what would what would you say to them in terms of in terms of, um, yeah, what would they, they're struggling, right? And they're like, yeah. what What do I do? What What do you want to say to those folks? 
Well, the first thing I would say is that that's normal. <laughs> that is absolutely normal. That there's something that I I call paralysis of analysis that happens to people. That's a fancy word for saying stuck. You know, there's so much information out there. There are so many strategies out there that are available to us. Again, technology has afforded us instant information. And that's great, but it also can be a curse because it can cause people to feel stuck. I don't know which way to go. It's a paralysis of analysis. There's so much information. Do I buy a Peloton bike? Do I join a gym? Do I do Weight Watchers? Do I do keto? Do I do... The list. Guilty. <laughs> yes. So, so the first thing I would say is that's okay. But that's why I'm here. That's why health coaches are here is to help give clarity, you know, and to help people get in touch with one, what they really want to be doing, because all of those different strategies are strategies, but doesn't mean it would necessarily work for you. And so a health and wellness coach would help you steer away from what I call making decisions based on anecdotal evidence, which runs rampant in the marketing. You know, you've seen it. You have someone, I started keto and I lost 500 pounds or whatever, so you should do keto. And so people run out and start doing it. Pick it, that's what people do. But the evidence, the data is not showing that that's being successful. So some things I have just telling, even though all this anecdotal evidence that's floating around, our numbers in the United States are not very well with chronic illnesses, obesity, metabolic syndromes, overall satisfaction, people feeling if whether or not they're considering themselves thriving versus surviving or not, right? And so that's where the health and wellness coach would come in. Let's weed through all that and get clarity around. Let's use, utilize and find out and get you in touch with evidence-based protocols, things that have been peer-reviewed, things that have, and let's try them. A health and wellness coach will shift you from looking at, I want to try something and, and looking at your, your actionable steps as success, failure, success, failure, which is opposed to let's try something and learn. Let's try what works for you and let's learn from it. Let's come back each week. That's what a health and wellness coach can kind of help people do with weeding through all this information, getting clear, getting them in touch with what works for them. Um, because all those methods are strategies for getting somewhere. But the, the question is, is it the right strategy for you? And so I would then, again, tell people, that's what I'm here for. That's what health and wellness coaches are here for, to help you create your personal roadmap to the person you want to be, the person you envision you want to be. Because I believe that we all have our own personal journey to our health and well-being based on us, because we are unique individuals. We have unique wants and needs. So it's very important that that's part of the process as well, that people understand that. And that's what health and wellness coaching, uh, part of the health and wellness coaching philosophy. Okay, Darren. So I, um, 
this person feels their pain. They they are they know they're on a journey. They are ready for a roadmap, an individualized roadmap. They are ready for a partner, and they are like, okay, I've heard all the, I've heard all about Darren's journey, and I've heard about what he brings to this, and that he has all this experience. How do they get in touch with you? How how is what's the best way to contact you to get started? Yeah, the best way is to go to my website, uh, betweentheears.net, or someone could reach out to me directly at Darren at betweentheears.net, and so that we can have a conversation and also so that we can complete what I provide for customers, a complete well-being assessment. So we first need to look at and assess in these seven different areas of our lives where we are and what it is that is speaking to you right now, what's important to you right now, what change are you wanting to take right now. And we can sit and have a discussion around that and start to get clear about what that looks like. Let's create a journey, a wellness vision together about what that looks like and then start to, to put together some strategies how to get there. But yeah, the first step would be just to reach out so we can have a, a consultation and talk and see if we're, we're a good fit for each other to see if I, can, if I can help you, which I think I could. Darren, I could tell, listen to you talk about helping people <laughs> find their way and um, you know, different, I, you know, I, I definitely have more questions in my head about aerobics, but I may have to ask you those another time. I'm, I miss the aerobics dance craze. I did water aerobics for a time, but I missed, I missed aerobic <laughs> dance. So, um, yeah, but it's, it, it has been a real pleasure talking with you and I really appreciate you sharing about the, the, the important and meaningful work that you do. And, uh, thank you for being available to folks who are, who are ready to, find that alignment in their life and find that path forward. So thank you so much for, for being on See a Therapist today and, and talking about your practice. Great. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Jesse here, closing out this episode with a couple quick words. First, I want to express some sincere gratitude that you spent this time and listened to us talk. And while likes and subscribes are helpful, I want to encourage you to take a different kind of action. Is something from today's episode, something that the guest talked about, resonated with you or has you feeling curious about working with them? I want to encourage you to reach out and make contact. Or if this brought someone else to mind who might benefit, feel free to pass this episode along to them. Thanks again for listening and thanks to Mike Hensel for editing this episode. And until next time, from my heart to yours, take good care of yourself. 